Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the bricks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. I'm started the show with a bit of Sean South for Gary Owen lads that's exactly that's the Limerick team song well it was two years ago and I didn't hear them singing yesterday so we saw no footage or anything but Ken double league champions double Munster champions now all Ireland champions two times in three years they hammered clear they hammered tip they hammered Waterford in the final you know a lot of people were saying this year scarily that they weren't even playing well They've won their five championship games by a combined total of 37 points this is getting like a domination Kilkenny style here yeah, no, James, I wouldn't mind <laughs> with teams, if people are saying you're playing well and you're racking up them scores. But no, I think they're a brilliant team. I, I honestly do. Uh, I, I think I said last week to the lads around the place that we, we needed to play up to that second half level that we did against the Kenny to, to come near them. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't. And they're, they're an unbelievable team. They're so strong, so fit, so fast. Uh, they play a, a different style of hurling. It's hard to get your head around how they're finding space so much, but they don't waste ball. And their accuracy and their striking, like, they scored 30 points in December. Like, that's that's incredible shooting. Let's be honest with it. Like, I remember playing uh, most of club games before. The, the scores can be 112, 113, but they're getting 30 points a game in, in winter hurling. Uh, it's it's incredible. I probably felt they left last year behind them. Uh, and then they come along and win two and three years. They're, they're cementing that. 
they wanted to be known as a, as, as a great team. I think they definitely are. And to be honest, it could be only the start of, of something huge for them, you know? It, it has that kind of feel for it. The 30 points was only done once before in an all and final, JJ. I'll let you remind Ken when that was. <laughs> if you go over the field for, for a minute and you go up there hoping that Limerick don't hit top gear but I don't think it would have made any difference what team was out there against Limerick there yesterday um, mm. just hit the, the heights of, of, of that um, performance there especially on the final day the huge plus for, for John Kiley, I suppose. Probably didn't hit the height of it for 70 minutes since probably Tiberi in the Munster final last year as well. But they were, they were phenomenal all over the field. Um, you look, they never know from five minutes in, they were just tackling hard. And when Tom Morris got the point and Shane Sandy got the point at the start, you can say, right, um, what for need to get in there now? But um, look, they were just relentless now and just walk race. They were, they were kind of, there were hooks and blocks they were, they were hearing now in, in the South more than scores themselves. It shows what kind of mentality had come into the game. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Like, I mean, 10 wins out of 10 in league and championship in 2020. 13, if you include the, the Munster League. Um, I think they're the first team to win every league and championship game since Tipperary in 1961. You must have come close enough to that, JJ, no? I thought in 2016, I think, again, you wouldn't mean, they might have been too far away from it, I think. Um, but, yeah, I suppose, look, the, the league is probably, you're, you're not in the thing that you be, you be thinking of uh, in the league, starting the league now, just kind of getting their fitness up and get back on the team, starting 15, really more rather than going winning games and getting their touch back in. But um, yeah, phenomenal thing that to think back on. I don't think the players probably realised going into the other field that that, that that was up for grabs, but it was all about winning the, the next game. And this, this this team is all about focus on, on the next game there as well. And you look at the age profile there as well, uh, and it doesn't sit well for any inter-county player from any other county looking at that there as well. It's just phenomenal, and just the physicality to bring to the table there as well. And I'd say people looking at it now, players from other counties are going to have to rethink their Christmas dinner now coming up in a couple of weeks' time, and to be dry turkey now, and maybe protein shake after the, after Christmas dinner, because they're physically so dominant as well. They were massive. Sean Finn is just bursting out of it out of the uh, jersey himself and he's not one of their big players either like you know and they just have it every way like you know they're, they're, they can play hurling if you want to play hurling against them tackle either they're actually very very astute there as well and they have the hunger out from John Kiley and he's just in front of me there for uh, five minutes gone in the game there was a ruck there as well and he's just shouting bodies 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 get in there so if he was very close to jumping in himself and going to, going to tackle one of the Waffle lads he was just so focused and, but he's to a man they, were, they, were, they knew exactly what, what the job they had to do themselves you know so, Brilliant to watch. Brilliant to watch. Yeah, and, and Ken, they're an, they're an unusually big team. Like you have Dan Morrissey, you have Declan Hannan, Dermot Burns, you have Kyle Hayes, you have Willie O'Donoghue, you have Garod Hegarty, you have Seamus Flanagan. They're all monstrously tall men. Then you have Galan, Tom Morrissey, Keen Lynch, you have Sean Finn, who are built like, you know, rugby players. Like, I mean, yeah. and that's not even mentioning the incredible skill, scoring, all these things they have. And they seem to have a great attitude. And in fairness to them, they're not a dislikable team in any way. Like, I mean, you 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 would you would like them. Yeah, look, they're definitely look, I'll be honest, obviously we're sick them off, but they're a very likable team, uh, and you said it there, they definitely are. There's some great characters on that. And and they offer they're not all robots, if you know what I mean. They they offer something different. They they, they can say a few things that they're showing their personalities, I suppose, outside and on the pitch, you know, but they are they're, the physique of them is unbelievable. They nearly look, they all really look like Dolph Lonergan and Rocky Four. They have that mad <laughs> physique, you know. Like, like, I, I don't, like, it's unreal how they all look nearly the exact same, you know. And uh, I think Liam Carl said straight after the game that we probably, the board would probably have to look at 
trying in some way yeah. to catch him. You know, but I probably people are definitely two or three years behind in, in that terms. But they're they're unbelievable. But they can mix so much. Uh, Colin, like their their physicality, their work rate, their tackling, how hard in the tackle they go, and they go to the edge as well, which that creates the Kenny team did, and you need that as well. But they're hurling, they're hurling is unbelievable, and you can go on with work rate, everything, and tactics, but. You see Tom Morris, you see Galan, Seamus Flanagan. Some of the points the lads got yesterday, you'd be saying, how did that happen? Like, Galan got a point under the Cusick stand. It was incredible. On the, yeah. his right hand, it meant to be his weaker hand, on the wrong side of the pitch, far hitting the ball in the right hand. It was unbelievable. Uh, and like you're saying, when I saw that come over, I said, oh, shit, we're, we're, we're under a bit of pressure here because we needed a goal that probably kickstart something for us that gives that kind of impetus to drive it on. But some of the scoring they're getting is, is, is unreal. And Garrow Hegarty striking the ball off half a hurry from midfield over the bar left and right it's incredible really you know so it's uh, that's been some couple of years for him an unbelievable performance I think it was a complete performance in a final and never looked like losing and we were totally in control you know I, I've seen fellas running down the sideline towards the goal scoring points but Aaron Galan was running down the sideline away yeah. from the goals on his wrong side and, and yeah. put it over nonchalantly uh, Ken like I mean it's like he just barely tapped that when he's running the wrong yeah. way like you do know, it's obviously the ball is going. It's it's going that way. It's going left to right. Stay from that side. So it is hard, and he's going away from goal. Like and Pronti couldn't do any more. He probably could have tried to get him over the line, which he obviously did try to do. But Sam yeah. was so strong. He was so strong. Kept the ball out, outside the line, and it was one real score. And sometimes when you see them scores, and go on. No, this is not going to be our day. But look, they have that capability. And you said you have. You have three half forwards that can do anything on the ball, and the damage they're causing from playing and general play is unbelievable. Then you throw in Galan, you throw in Seamus Flanagan, you throw in Peter Casey, you throw in Graham Mulcahy, who was probably the quality for a year, but still is working yeah. so much. That's six unreal forwards combined with the two lads in the field, and then you have three half backs, especially two wing backs, who are bombing forward every opportunity. Kyle Hayes up on that pitch so much yesterday, he was like a wing forward. And how do you mark that? Like, I paused the telly once to twice yesterday. I said, who's on Kyle Hayes? To myself, I was talking to myself. I think I was, who's on Kyle Hayes? Who's on Hegarty? I didn't. And when you're watching on telly, it's so hard to figure out who's on who because the movement, like JJ, yeah. you were obviously up there. You could see more. I didn't know who was actually yeah. on Hegarty, who was on Tom Morrissey. How are they getting 50, 60 yards free? How is Kyle Hayes so free to go up and down that side? So it, it, it is hard to figure out. Like I said, I meet the lads over a couple of points in the afternoon. The first hour will always come of the match. And we, I don't know how to figure out how to stop them, you know. And that's that's yeah. the hard thing, you know. No, no, well, it's not easy. We'll get into some of that in part two because the Waterford forwards were moving around. So there wasn't anyone in particular, um, JJ. You'll pro- you probably could see that on the at the match as well. But we'll get into that because um, Eddie Brennan probably had the best tweet um, yesterday or, or during or after the game, uh, JJ. And Ken mentions, you know, Limerick taking it to the, to the line a little bit like your great Kilkenny team, which he did, and there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with Limerick either. Um, but it was about Garod Hegarty. He says, if there's ever a man to pull the puppy dog innocent face better better than Tommy Walsh, it's Garod Hegarty. And Garod Hegarty, like Paddy Staple had tweeted last night, he said, does Garod Hegarty ever feel that one of his numerous fouls is actually a foul? And Garod Hegarty replied back to him, no. He complained. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you noticed in the football, John Small from Dublin is the very same. The innocent look on these Lads, as they're constantly fouling lads. Actually, look, it's unbelievable. But even where he fouls, he fouls in in their opposition full back lane, in between the full back lane there and the half back lane as well. What that gives the chance is like it's too far out for for the opposing team to score. And what it does, it gets the Limerick backs a couple of seconds to reset, and they're waiting for the ball to come down. And then 
nine times a ten they win that ball and then they're back on the attack then as well. So it's kind of a yeah. tactical foul from from the Limerick forwards as well, and, and it's, it's, it's brilliant. But look again, any good player now has to play in the edge, simple as that. And if his Galdi brings to the whole thing, he's just phenomenal as well. But it's, it's great to see him regarding the likes of Hamarty and, and Gerard Hegarty kind of doing stuff like that for, for the rest of the team. But for me, yes or no, the probably two lads that didn't score in 10 inches already with Graham McCatty and Keane Lynch. Graham McCatty probably the smallest lad in the field, but he'd turn himself around the field, left, right, and centre. Anyone with ball for back was coming out, he was giving hit left, right, and centre there as well. So when you have the lads like that doing work like that, it just makes the thing a lot easier. And it breaks the other team, breaks their spirit, coming out, especially as a back. You're after beating one man, you're coming out, another lad hitting you and knocking you back. And then you go again and two or three lads around you, then you're over, you're blown for over carrying or you get steps or something like that. And it just breaks your heart as a defender as well. And the team as, as a whole is broken and was broken in the second half from the work rate of Limerick as well. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And it just kind of, I think backing up the All-Ireland 10 seemed like a big deal to them because I'm thinking back in Clare in 2012, wasn't it? Like, I mean, and they had a similar age profile and Clare haven't even won a Munster since 2012. Like, I mean, Limerick have backed up their All-Ireland now with another All-Ireland, you know, like, which which is a, yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, I think it was 2013, I think. We're only talking 13, yeah. Against Cork. Yeah, no, sorry. But, yeah, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it was massive for him. I, I've, they probably felt they left Ireland behind them last year, uh, where they took the Kenny uh, for granted or not, which which is, which is probably it's crazy thing to say, but maybe they didn't get up for that game to start a semi final last year. It cost them. They hammered tipping the monster final last year, lad. So they would have felt they have a right chance of tipping the final. But I think this group of players, um, they were they felt they were good enough. They felt they had probably a team spirit there. There's a, there's a, a unity amongst them all. You'd see in the way they kind of act how they go on that. They want more. They want more from it. And they want more from yes. Like yesterday, I'd say in, in their time, yesterday is over already now. Look, they'll enjoy a few weeks obviously to win in Ireland before Christmas is something unbelievable, I'd say. You know, they, they experience that and, and to try and come down and switch off and enjoy it a couple of weeks now. But, these lads want more. You'd see it in the way they act and how, how they kind of go about stuff after matches, even stuff during the game. They want more and more and more. You, you've Keane Lynch was a good horror the year two years ago. Garrett Hegarty line for a dish. They all, they'll all want to try and beat each other in the best possible way and be a team member. And that's what they're doing in all fairness. They will give that ball to that ch- whoever's run next to them. They'll give it. They're not worried about trying to score for themselves. They're going to give that ball. And that's like... To me, if you're John Coyley sitting back saying, I have these exactly where I want them, two All-Irelands, two months of titles, two leagues, just drive it on for the next couple of years because you have to make hey, Like JJ's team um, won whatever they could in that time and and they were right because you have to make, whenever you have that chance, you take it, you know? Yeah, and they seem to have yeah, they're, that... They're really... very intelligent on, on the field as well, though, Ken, as well. If you look at them, Fergal Harvard left a lot of things going the first couple of minutes that just played into Limerick's hands as well regarding the size and strength of them. And yeah. they just hopped off the Waffle Lads as well. Like, you know, they knew the referee wasn't going to blow the whistle for ratting just a, a pull or a drag. So if they were going to give away a free, that Waterford guy felt it now. You know, the kind of way. So yeah, that, yeah. And way, every, every, brilliant, intelligent, on field yeah. play is brilliant. Like, you know what I mean? The fed referee, he wasn't going to blow it. So he said, right, we'll go to lesser law with these, with, with, with the referee, let us do that. So that just played into Waterford hands or, or yeah. Limit hands as well. In regard to physicality, that. But but as well as that, as you said, to 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 change on the field, to, to see what's happening on the field, and that's supposed to be yeah. of the best yeah. teams, isn't it? They can adjust to what's going on, yeah. or instead of sticking to something that's not working, or sticking to something that might, they could see that the ref is leaving things going. And when they were hitting the wall for lads, I think Jamie Barron got one or two belts. They were hitting them hard. You know, you'd feed yeah. them belts, yeah. and that 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 knocks them out again. 
to adjust to that, say, right, that ref, the ref is leaving off forever. I'm going to turn to every tackle. You know, and on yeah, the edge, yeah. which which I have no problem with being on the edge because that's the way I play myself at times. And JJ, your team, and I think the best yeah. teams really have to be on the edge. Of course you do. Of course yeah. you do, you know. Yeah, no, they definitely do. They seem to have a really high performance setup where the standards are so high that they set for themselves. And if there's any bit of a criticism, they don't really go for goals that all that often, um, Ken. Yeah. Like, I mean, they had that great chance in the first half. A terrible effort by Kyle Hayes, really straight at Stephen O'Keefe. And then um, Keane Lynch drove it into the ground. And geez, if you yeah. saw the state of the pitch in Croke Park, going into the ground probably wasn't the right thing to do. But it was yeah. a brilliant double save. I don't want to take away from Stephen O'Keefe. Yeah, no, it was probably, I suppose, that even for ourselves at home, it was probably the, 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 the most of the excitement we got, you know. Like, it was a brilliant passage of play from Limerick. Yeah. Uh, lovely touch from Keane Lynch, Darrell Dolman, simple hand pass. But then Lynch, he, he held that ball an extra second or so, gave it to Kyle Hayes at the right time. Now, it was a poor shot, uh, but it was, it was a brilliant save, but it, it wasn't probably the best uh, position of the shot at all. If he bounced that, it was a goal, you know. Now, Keane Lynch probably could have catched it and buried it. I would have probably volume on myself. It was probably the most instinctive thing to do. And the second save was actually good because it was just on the bounce, you know. But it probably was the most exciting part of it. But, Colin, when you're getting 30 points uh, a game, uh, you don't have to worry about goals. Now, from a spectator's <laughs> point of view, you're kind of saying that's what gets the crowd up or it gets all us going at home or whatever, goals. That's what you, you love to see. And I, I, I always love that in a game. It, it gets people off their seats. But when you're striking over the ball so effortlessly, so... It's so awkward how they're doing it. They're not worried about goals, you know. Let's be honest about it, you know. Yeah, probably not. They're scared for other teams as well when they do get goals as well. Like, you know what I mean? They, <laughs> obviously, they'll focus in on that to the next one again. And when they do tweak the system to go get goals, two or three thirty, that was <laughs> the fair score. Yeah, which they, they probably will. Find the counteract, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, oh, I'm going to ask you that in part two because I think because of a sweeper they don't bother with goals they're just tapping it over because they have the spare man but I'll ask you about that in part two I was just mentioning the state of the pitch there was eight games in 22 or 22 games in eight weeks or something I was reading and then there was the Camogie final on the Saturday and then the match before it very unusual JJ wasn't it seeing the pitch in that state for an all Ireland final now I'm not I'm not criticising anyone it's the middle of winter it's just when you see Croke Park kind of with the pitch like that and then you have an all Ireland final with no parade no meeting the president. There wasn't even the crest painted on the middle of the bloody pitch. It just it was mm-hmm. it, it was it was an all Ireland final that felt like the 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 build up to a challenge match. Yeah, um, I kind of looked watching the Hawaii match then on Saturday night there as well. And I was getting your energy got me good interest in a good friend of mine bringing down as well. He's managing team, so big shout out to them, great win. But um, yeah, I was kind of concerned about the pitch there as well. So I was taking interest game there Sunday morning just to have a look at it. But that one did both sides was poor. And it was, we were starting the groundsman there, and he said, look, just didn't get a chance to recover regarding the amount of games that's on the field there as well. And there's very minimal growth there this time of year, he was saying too. So look, you can understand where they'll come from. They're just probably playing off the games to get the championship finished as quickly as possible. But even after the match there yesterday, they were back on working on the pitch now and again for to get it right for next week as well. It's probably the best as they, as they could get it to be fair to them. But yeah, no, I'd be agree with you. Even with the warm up area down to the side of the pitch there as well, it was just all just all muck, there's no grass whatsoever on it, you know. So even for taking sidelines as well, it's very, very hard and these Australian got a brilliant side in, in the first half there as well and surprise you got it because there literally no grass on it on the side of the pitch as well. But yeah, look it's 
it was poor, but in regarding what the groundsman said, no, you, you could understand completely about the games and no growth this time of year as well and heavy rain as well. So, look, again, it was as good as what it was going to get, unfortunately, you know. But yeah. Yeah, I, look, I, I'd agree with you. Usually, look, you picture all on the final day, you picture pure green grass and then you, you do, yeah. the crest or paint in the middle of the field as well, but no, there's none of that. But, look, it was completely different. The whole the whole day was completely different. No parade, no meeting present or anything like that, you know, and, even one of the teams is coming out now and the you know, they're nearly in the order to have a song on before the, the team came out. They nearly even missed that because it was just unusual. It was unusual. You didn't think it was our final day looking out the place, you know. Yeah, I could imagine, I can understand the no parade thing, Ken, because obviously all the people in the band wouldn't be allowed in with the restrictions on numbers. They couldn't let the president in, though, to fist pump the boys lined up along the red carpet. I don't really know why they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I thought, look, I'll be honest, I, I think yesterday, and I enjoyed a few games for the last few months, I've been brilliant, but yesterday, to be honest with you, it was strange. It was actually unbelievably strange for water people at home watching an Ireland final. And, yeah. it, like, and this is what I, I, was, I, I said to a few of the lads there last week, that, like, if you win, it's great, you win all learn. If you lose, you're on a bus, there's no crowd at the game, there was nothing, there's no parade, there's no meeting the president. So you didn't get that other experience, you know what I'm saying? So it was, yeah, yeah. I'd say it's very awkward. Like we were there yesterday at home and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're talking, they're, the national anthem was on and the game started. It did, it did, it probably was the first time it really affected, I, I think, us even watching the game at home. It didn't feel like an all Ireland. Um, it, it was very, very strange, you know. Uh, I suppose the last couple of games we, we played the evening time Saturday evening maybe that felt a bit different again even you know it felt like maybe I don't know that we just looked probably nearly dead starting off yesterday and I, I don't know maybe what was it the, the no parade no national anthem or, or there was a national anthem but no it didn't probably feel like a final which which if you win you don't care let's be honest with you I've never made in your pocket you don't care but it was the most been strange last night coming home on a bus did that you'd be saying did that actually happen because yeah. we were sitting at home last night saying I, it yeah. felt like it was a non-event, you know, I'm coming from. It was, uh, it, and it, was, it was weird. Not, it was actually did, weird. Yeah, would you not probably have felt the same heartbreak as you would on a normal occasion when the build-up is is bigger? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Look, obviously, I, I, I'm sure you would. You, 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 you would feel the heartbreak because it's not a final. But I, I don't know. I just felt, I'd say it was very strange. I'd say, obviously, the whole year was strange. But I, I think, yes, they really, to me, just hit home how, how weird and how, say, not normal it was John coming from which is probably is that sound silly but I just felt it was uh, it, to us it was like obviously Limerick were, were on the team it was, it was kind of like an anti-climax really watching this at home and there was, it didn't feel like an all-earned you know uh, yeah. I said I didn't, I didn't mind it a few weeks ago but uh, just yesterday it just really, really felt strange I, I'd, be, I'd be straight up well, Gorod Egerty's not too worried, JJ. He said it's going to be a great Christmas. We'll find a way to celebrate. He said the one thing that kept me going over the lockdown was imagine winning an All-Ireland at Christmas time. How good Christmas would be. I'm going to look forward to the next few weeks. I'm just thinking of Gorod Hegarty, probably six foot six, trying to sneak in the back door of a pub down in Limerick at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they're going to disguise him. <laughs> I don't mind you something all right now. There's some mind you something all right, but... Uh... Yeah, look, it's, look, it's great. Look, you need for for intercounty players. You need a small bit of extra motivation. That's something different every year on year. You know what I mean? Just keep keep it tipping away. Like, and and obviously Garrod kind of took that kind of inspiration. Is that like hopefully we'll never ever have a, another COVID championship again. Like you know, and look looking back in it, like twenty twenty is it's not a great year for for a lot of people. But then Rimmick's people now is after bringing them a lot of joy there as well this year too. You know, so and the players will look back in this in, in fifteen twenty years time saying yeah we want that championship. 
you'll never forget it too so hopefully we'll never have another one again so look it's brilliant to do one of a brilliant brilliant uh, Christmas there as well for the players themselves but it's just a sense of satisfa- satisfaction that players get from, from winning there as well and every decision they made even during lockdown even the middle of the summer we didn't think there's going to be championship going ahead so it's very easy for these players now to, to let themselves go and not do the training not do the gym work but these guys obviously did do it you know what I mean and they're motivated uh, as much as, as in a normal championship as well so you have to give your hats off to them as well to be fair Yeah definitely any word on Tyg de Burke Ken did you hear, hear any more news? No, I didn't hear anything today. Now, as I was working this morning, I didn't hear too much. Uh, it looked, uh, yeah, it looked bad enough. This, it looked like his knee kind of popped a bit. Or I went on him, uh, and he knew straight away he was he was in trouble. You know, uh, look, he's a tough bit of stuff. He doesn't really do uh, theatrics. He doesn't kind of go on with nonsense, you know. So, uh, like, he jogged off the pitch, you know. But when that don't say an yeah. awful lot, he'd, he'd be a proud man. He'd, he'd see how uh, how hurt he was. Look, he's such a vital player for us. There was a big loss. I don't think. It would have made a massive, massive difference in the second half, but he would have held in that area better. Now, Irla Daly played play well, he came on uh, and done his job very well for coming on and putting that for more with him. But Toygies are one of our leaders, one of our class players, you know. But I uh, look, you feel sorry for him. Uh, he only came back from injury, I think, this year, wasn't it? So uh, he was really having, having a brilliant uh, championship. And I uh, look, it's uh, to happen in the final like that, you know, it's tough going. It's tough no. going. Yeah, it definitely is. And he did he did jog off JJ, but should we know those cruciate injuries? Lads do play on and then they go again. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, the trick here. I kept an eye on him coming up in the up on the, the steps there as well. He, he did hop over a seat there as well, so hopefully he won't, but uh, just kind of don't mind Ken's fine. Psychologically, he was a, a big blow for Walter. They were hanging in that bigger time, and see, one of your big players go off the field there as well. And then it happened again against the Prairie when Henry went off, so he knew he didn't come into, but he went off there again, you know. and they're kind of saying, yeah, we were, we were hoping now he, he'd, he'd last the game, but he didn't. And just to see him walking off the field when you're big, four two players, and you know he won't be there for the for the, second, the rest of the fourth half and the second half, and you want the most, you know. And like largely, it's a big goal to see one of your big guys going off the field, you know. Yeah, we'd only we'd only probably two experienced players in our backs, really, uh, Kevin and Tyg. Uh, Callum Lyons Dean Kenny Pronti and Shane McNulty were young you know so again, the two lads are so experienced you need, you need a tie there and he's such a good sweeper and a cover of, of that centre back this where he plays uh, it was it was a, a, a huge uh, a huge negative for us but I don't think it would affect him the, the, yeah. the score at all really if you, if you look at it but it was a massive loss for us yeah, exactly. So Joe McDonough Cup uh, win for Antrim, lads. Uh, I thought this was a convincing enough win. I saw the first 25 minutes. They didn't have a seat for me for the Joe McDonough in Croke Park. Obviously, I'm not important enough uh, to get a seat for both matches. <laughs> but I watched, So I watched the first 25 minutes. Jeez, I thought Antrim looked by far better than Kerry. And then I looked at the yeah. final result and Kerry um, were well in it. One of the best images for the game, Ken, was Darren Gleeson running at the end of the match. He jumped on Donald Nugent and Darren Gleeson's yeah. a big unit. He wrapped his legs around him. And, and <laughs> <laughs> there was no way Nugent was staying standing when that when, when the legs wrapped around. Yeah, that's great. I love to see that. Look, you, you, yeah. I want, you want to see that. You want to see emotion. Like, you know, that's what you play the game for. And obviously the effort he's putting in there up down to Antrim, like it's massive. Antrim plays some lovely hurling. I, I, was, I was tipping in and out of it, trying to keep the kids some way entertained before I watched our game. You know, so, uh, <laughs> I think I was running down turning on the Grinch I was running up and down my head was wrecked but uh, no uh, Antrim played some lovely stuff uh, uh, the, the, the full back misjudged the ball in the first half yeah, and, and he had a good game he had a great game but he just, it was a pure um, a, a rush of blood really like he had loads of time to catch the ball tap it down and he missed the ball 
Kerry uh, put forward, buried it, and uh, it, it gave Kerry uh, the kind of like the, the belief to drive. But Kerry really fought very hard. Answer my the better hurlers. Yeah. And played some lovely hurling at times, got some base force in play, especially in the second half. But Manus came on and showed his class a bit as well then, you know. So the Gantrum were, were good. You know, Kerry fought to the bitter end, which they'd always do. But Antrim, I think, had that extra bit of class uh, and found scores much easier, uh, especially from play, you know. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, JJ, you were there for it. There's no way you're not important enough to watch, uh, to be in there early for the Joe McDonough Cup. Well, it, there was, is, that, is, that, is that fair enough, JJ? Antrim looked a much better team and Kerry were hanging in yeah. there. Yeah, I do overall now um, they had more to dictate more to play there as well and near the end um, Kerry came with the run I think Antrim were kind of sitting back really rather than going attacking kind of defending their lead more than that and then you know, Kerry got a couple of scores there from, from outside the field one, one good primary possession and, and got a couple of good scores but near the end they were looking for the goal really to kind of get him back into it and, and get him back fighting but you know, I was continuing look if Antrim would hold him out here now they'll go on and win it's another kind of way so look they're probably more comfortable on it and Obviously, there were more kind of um, impressive then in, in going up for, for next year's championship as well. You'd see, you'd probably say that Antwerp were probably best equipped in regarding certain conditions than and Kerry as well, like to be fair, you know. And as I said, yeah, yeah no, I, overall, probably if you look at Antwerp, are probably deserve winners now for, for yesterday as well, to be fair. Yeah, Mikey Boyle definitely could do with a bit of strength and conditioning. Maybe a bit more conditioning than strength. Uh, the full forward. I was laughing. I was laughing when Matty Donnelly, Matthew Donnelly, led. He tried to bat the ball like Ken was saying, and it didn't go in. And there's Mikey Boyle in standing in behind him. I wouldn't say Mikey Boyle is out in front very often. So if mistakes like that. No, happen, no, he, then... no, he, he's a good horror. He's a good horror. Yeah, he's yeah. Going, he, he caught a great, great hands, yeah. as well. Uh, he's great hands, you know. But look that. Some of that read that strength and obviously takes time. You see Limerick, you see, I, I think Walford are a bit behind Limerick in, in, in strength and conditioning, obviously, but all that all takes time and like it doesn't happen overnight, you know. But uh, no, look, it, it was an old school kind of goal, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. But look, some, sometimes old school work, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and he, mad. Did, he got the goal. Yeah, he's more. He he looked like what a, an old school hurler has it in the wrist, but probably hates laps. Was the, was kind of what I thought when I saw. Uh, <laughs> when I saw Michael. Like it's all, like it's all. I got to throw this one to you, Neil McManus. Like you mentioned, Ken, um, he scored four points, came on with a great attitude, and then I was thinking, geez, Neil McManus is back fit a week before this match, and it does show that Darren Gleeson has a bit about him to not start him, and then. Like, I mean, Conal uh, uh, Cunning comes on at half time. So Neil McManus is sitting in the dressing room. Here's a, a lad coming off and he's not even coming on at this stage. Like, I mean, you would have been in a situation like Neil McManus under Davy Fitz at the very end. I have a bit of experience. I won't even ask JJ. He wouldn't know what we're talking about. Like, <laughs> Neil McManus would be, it would be within his rights to go here. What the hell is going on here? He would. He would. Like, look, I'll I, I be honest. Like, that's... That's a good plus for, for Darren Gleeson because yeah. obviously he, he feels like he has a panel there. Like there's Antrim, all the lads that came on for Antrim made huge impacts. Like Antrim had some very classy forwards going forward. You know, some of the stick work was class. You know, but when you see McManus, who, in my opinion, uh, and JJ will back me up here, if he was uh, with another county, and that's no um, disrespect to Antrim because they weren't playing probably the higher-end championship hurling for years. He'd be as good as any hurling in the country. That man is unbelievable. I've seen him playing a few games at Ireland semi-final against De La Salle there in Parham Park. He was incredible, you know. He, he, could, he could play centre-back, centre-forward. And he came on with a great attitude, but he has a great attitude. You know that about him anyway. He, you know he'd be huge love for hurling up, the, up in the Glens of Antrim. He'd be huge love for Antrim. 
And he showed that and you'd have great respect for Neil McManus after that because the easiest thing in the world is to come on a bit of a headbeat and start pulling and dragging or do whatever. But he knew it looked a bigger picture I hear that. He obviously was injured for a lot of the championship but he came on and done the business and look, it was a, I thought it was a great sign for Antrim going forward that Neil Mann has done that and that they have a backup that they didn't risk him or didn't rush him in there which is which is huge, you know. Yeah, what what did you make of Shane Conway, JJ? Like he got a good point at the end. That was his only point from play. There's not a pick on him, is there, JJ? Like imagine him running into no, Sean. No, he's Finn. light. Yeah, yeah, he's very light. But look, I kind of seen him in, in um, UCC. You know, Fitzgibbon, all kinds of He was absolutely brilliant. Was a kind of looking forward to him playing. But look, again, he's obviously a mark man with with the Antrim guys there as well. And look, he didn't fall for him. But you know, by when, when he does get the ball in his hands, he knows exactly what to do. He's, he's a natural forward there as well. And very, very good in the freeze there as well. And he got point near the end as well. But look, he has it in the hands all right now. Yeah, but look, he probably doesn't need to be physically bigger. Like, and obviously, it will help him as he develops as well. But I wouldn't be kind of telling him, push him into the gym or really that either. Like, you know, because he has in the hands and he has in the legs. He knows where to be as well, like, to be fair. Like, so, look, he's a great player. It's great for him. The likes of him and the ability he has to be playing for back is brilliant. But, Again, I just as what he he had the conversation last week as well. I thought it was terrible now that they were asked to leave Paul Parter as well. After it, you know, kind of way, just um, it's great. It didn't yeah. sit right with me either. To be to be, to be fair, you know, and uh, yeah, the amount exactly. of effort they were putting in for it, you know, and you're looking around the stadium and see, you know, jackets all over the place there as well. But and these guys were asked yeah. to leave, you know, I didn't didn't sit right with me to be honest. Yeah. No, no, it definitely didn't. What did you What did you think? What did you think of Shane Conway, Ken? Have you seen him playing before, or do yeah, you think? No, like I, no, I heard, I heard a good bit about him. I was looking forward to seeing him. Uh, I suppose there was a lot of pressure on his shoulders as well, and we were all looking forward to seeing him. But look, Antrim had the homework done on him, uh, and he didn't get much space at all. I was watching his movement there in the second half, and wherever he, everywhere he went, he was being marked, you know, which, like, obviously they couldn't keep their eyes off him because he's such a vital player. Look, obviously he has the wrist, he has the hurling, but it, it is winter hurling as well. It mightn't really suit him, you know. Yeah. Uh, the pitch, as we said, was only okay. Like, I, I think he definitely is a summer hurler. He's light enough. Look, the strength condition, he'll, he'll have to probably improve that slightly. I wouldn't be asking him to turn into a uh, a tank like some of the Limerick lads because that's obviously not, that's not his uh, natural shape. But, yeah, I suppose we're expecting so much from him. I suppose he probably feel himself he, he could have done a bit better. But like I, 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 my first time probably seeing him live, uh, so I, I, I wouldn't criticise young player at all. I think uh, Kerry will, will will definitely have better days, and but they need him playing to his best because he is a bit of class. But uh, uh, echo probably JJ's point. Not these lads watch a senior game and it goes crazy. I think it shows lack of respect, really. You know, like you're in town on Saturday, there's hundreds of people in every shop walking down the street, and <laughs> we can't leave two teams who won there. The John McDonald Cup sit down and watch the final. Uh, I just I don't think that's right at all. I don't think I don't know how you, you come come up with that decision and and feel that that's the right decision. I think that's crazy, you know. Yeah, fairness to the was mentioning this on Thursday, that was more of a government decision, not wanting to relax that at all. So we won't criticise right. too much. Right, we'll come back here, lads, and we'll actually talk about the match. Alright guys, so I finished up Limerick 30 points, Waterford 19 and I suppose JJ, like it was a very one-sided game if we're being honest, like obviously Waterford battled back into it before half time and would have been delighted to go in um, only three down, but one like one staff from the scoring really stands out, 24 points from play for Limerick and only eight for Waterford, now I know Limerick foul foul a fair bit, but they just came by score so easily compared to Waterford who had to work so hard for theirs. 
Yeah, look, even for the first half, you know, the 14 11 and a half time, and Limerick had seven scores from play, and Watford only had two. Like, you know, you're, you're lining up Steve Mennett to hit over, and Austin got a brilliant sign uh, in there as well in the first half. But you were kind of you know, waiting for Limerick to kick on, and um, look at them, a couple of goals, as that goal went in the first half, Steve, we spoke with Steve O'Keefe, and then it could be a lot worse there for him. But it's fair, they were hanging in, Watford were hanging in, they were only three points down, and but Limerick came out and they got the, the start that Watford really needed, you know. And then after probably 10 minutes in the second half, you're kind of saying, right, Limerick have turned up here now for the full 70 minutes and he, you're kind of fearing what they would have would score, you know. But look, probably talking about going up to the match of the fours, they're saying, hopefully Limerick don't, don't turn up and, and said Watford play like they did against Kenny in the second half. Um, but of course, he fought Watford, Limerick turned up and, as, and they were on. They were firing on all cylinders well all over the field, but as I said, Frank Hargan when he refereed the game played straight into Limerick's hands as well because the physicality they brought to the table was unbelievable. But uh, they were great and hooking and blocking the hits, you could hear them in the stadium with the no crowds, you could hear the actual hits themselves, you know, and both players felt every single one of them, you know. Right. You must have been delighted at half time, Ken. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Honestly, we say, gee, how how are we only three behind, you know? But uh, and we were we were hoping for that. I I I thought if we were two or three pints in at a half time, or even two or three pints in on the on the second water break, that we'd have a great chance. But to be honest with you, like Dimmick dominated the first half, you know, we were only three pints down. And you're kind of going right. This could be our day, you know, because Limerick looked at ease yeah. at times. Or getting, as you said, what twenty four from play, and we only got eight. Every score we got, and every strike we got was under pressure. It would remind you of that Super Kenny team because. They bombarded that middle area so you couldn't get any space on the ball. Now, the one thing we had, we had a couple of goal chances, right? Like Fagan uh, had a right chance in the, in the first couple of minutes and that had it going in. That could have given us that spark of, and, and Limerick could even think, you know, this Wofford team is a bit different. They're going for goals. A bit, they're not even doing anything. At we had probably three or four. Definitely Fagan's one was a great goal chance. Uh, Montgomery had a bit of a sniffer one. Uh, Stephen Bennett, who at times held onto that ball just a little bit t- too long. There were two other options next time we could have given the ball, uh, and probably a shot at Nicky Quaid and were very comfortable. We probably had probably a three or four decent goal chances, and we needed to take one then. But we weren't getting enough scores from playing. weren't enough getting a spread of scores at all. I think it was just at seven uh, limit players in the first half. We'd only three, you know. So it was uh, every score was so hard for us to get. But three points down there, like that's, un- that's unreal, you know. Yeah, because uh, like I mean, you mentioned the Jack Fagan one. That was probably the best of the goal chances. Stephen Bennett probably went a little bit too wide. JJ Jack Prendergast yeah. could have given it yeah. to him a little bit faster than that. Like, and then Desi Hutchinson could have given one inside to Montgomery early, and he he tried to step inside, and Hannon took him down. I thought Waterford kind of delayed the hand pass a little bit too much, and they took the ball into contact when sometimes they didn't need to. Yeah, well, fair to Waterford. We're asking questions. They just let me fall back in there as well. And look, we're talking about this all year now. Where it's a possible weakening for for the Limerick team, and everyone has said the full back line. But no one has actually laid a glove on him since. But at least they were asking the questions, you know. And look, um, Stephen Bennett got in his left hand side, his favourite left, and but Dermot Burns made an unbelievable stop there as well. Like, you know, and that shows the half back line was filtered back there as well, just to to any sniff of opportunity that Waterford had. They were just kind of they got bodies back and. Nice Kyle Hayes and the rewards were going back in the full back end, which we didn't see up to this now and that's a credit to Walford that they were asking him questions of that full back end as well but look the whole game was played on, on Limerick's terms as well that's the unfortunate thing for Walford as well and they're so good at what they do and they have it absolutely perfected and 
to me, I just don't see how we can counteract it, you know what I mean? Because you need to get bodies out into the middle third um, to counteract them. But then you need to get bodies up into full forward into to, to kind of ask questions over, over that full back as well. And mm. then you have like the Mike Hayes and he needs to go back next year again, you know what I mean? And how is John Kelly going to sit down and pick that team next year? Now, Morris is going to go back out into the, the, the half half back line and then you're saying Burns and, and Kyle Hayes could be the two all-star half-backs as well so it's a conundrum for John John Kelly next year as well but obviously he's not worrying about that at the moment but it's going to be very very hard to see anyone that's going to lay the glove on him for, for a while it does it does look it does it is hard to see how they they're beaten Waterford got destroyed in their own puckouts uh, Ken in the first half they went long anytime they went long I think Stephen Bennett might have caught one but they got destroyed in all the rest of them Jack Fagan I don't think caught a puck out all day Dermot Burns actually caught an early one over Jack Fagan's head and that was a bit of a marker probably for Limerick after Fagan is catching 10 of them against Kilkenny Yeah look Fagan I suppose he probably came of age against Kilkenny and we kind of we were delighted because it felt like it was giving us a different option uh, like he, he, he had a bit of pace he had a bit of power but I suppose look it didn't go as the Dear Burns got caught a lovely ball and over, on the recusing stand straight over his head and the, their half back line uh, dominated as well you know uh, they're so strong in the air but I, I just felt uh, we we were doing a lot. Of, we were trying to win static balls from our pocket, out, you know, which which is impossible to do against a, a big athletic team. You have to be moving. Uh, we, we went long on every ball, and, and and the Limerick slapped it up really. You know, it's like going long, and I keep on saying it. And there must be there might be so much of that. Uh, that that Kenny team, you had JJ, Tommy, Brian Hogan. You go along on top of them, and with a the static, they're, they're, they're each up all day, and that's what Limerick are doing. Uh, even like Hannon, there's a perception that may Hannon, you might get, a, you might have a go off Hannon. But Declan Hannon, I thought he was great yesterday again, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's obviously a leader there. He does the simple things right. And he leaves Burns and Hayes uh, do the motor up and down, you know. And he holds yeah. it there. But like, it, it, if you think you, you get the better of him, uh, you, you could be in for a tough day because he. I, I think there's a perception definitely that oh, you might run him or you might have it. But no, he does his job perfectly as well, you know. So they're, they're such a tuned team. And um, as Jay just said, I don't know where you go about really trying to dismantle them is is it's going to be some a very tough uh, few months for every manager out there taking how we going to counteract what they're doing you know it's very hard yeah it was Desi Hutchinson was out on Hannon for a while they were completely rotating JJ you couldn't you, you couldn't yeah. keep up with who for Waterford was playing where couldn't you not because I, I I love a matchup yeah, he, and I was trying to think of who the matchups were and it was just it was all over the place really because Waterford were moving their forwards around. Yeah, he started to centre forward as Declan Hanna, right? That's just for the, the throwing radio. I said he just throw a curveball in there. And um, after a few minutes, then he, he wandered into the full full, full forward, like to be fair tomorrow, you know. And it, 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 I thought O'Neill Montgomery was probably out with Kyle Hayes for most of that fourth half when he was bombed up and down the field. And unfortunately, now that, that switch that, that the main down Neil did, didn't work out for Watford either, you know. But just the speed of the, the man and look to the strength of him, the stride is just unbelievable there as well. But again, look, Watford probably went long in the. Uh, in the Munster final and they got a bit of a couple of breaks until the last 15-20 minutes but unfortunately Limerick started like they finished in the, in, in the Munster final and just dominated their, their puck out but then if you go short they lead you all day as well like you know there's half a small amount up to the final they score 131 in the opposition puck out so like if you go short they nearly tease you to go short and you go short then you're just bombarded with Limerick jerseys all over the field and yeah. then if you go along then the half back and they sit in there waiting for the, like they were born I was I just had gone on the side of the report of him during, during the match and he was sitting right in front of me, you know, looking away and I probably closest person to him now for, for a while. He just sat there, he didn't mind where his man went because someone else picked him up, you know, and to have the licence is, is brilliant for a half back leg and I suppose the movement of Kyle Hayes back to wing back, 
he probably has more bit more freedom there than he has been before. The funny thing to say, but like he, he can get on ball a bit better there and attack there as well because in centre forward then you have your, your centre back and then you have your beat line midfielder there as well. It, it's kind of like football really, that's where it's gone and a bit of space is is, is on from your half back line. But the difference in hurling football is your half back lines can can score from back there and burn to a, a wicked sap of the ball and I mean, he has got a, he got a point in the first half could have got a goal and he could have got another point there as well. He could have came off the field at one two at half time. Yeah. That's phenomenal kind of shooting from from a half back, you know. Well it, well, it, it is because be come on. Go on, Ken. Sorry, that it must be lovely for a half back to be able to play that role, you know, uh, especially I suppose the, the yeah. fitness they have and like I, I play sort of back days JJ play wing back for years. I, I was rarely free. I would love to have that freedom at times to be able to play wing back in the modern game because you would. You, you, you'd, be, you'd be hoping to pick up three or four points a game because that's where the game is played and fellas will give you that pop pass. And a lot of times, yeah. a lot of the striking from Burns and Hayes are on their own. Like it is a lovely yeah. role. Now they're after perfecting it. I, I don't know what, how you, you counteract, but they're after perfecting it. But they're free a lot of times, which I'm not too worried about our men, you know, because our men are probably worried about when they go back and they're able to stop nearly the Limerick half forward line and that's where their half back and are benefiting from such having a good half forward line as well you know which is uh, and you rarely yeah, see them get into rucks Ken you know what I mean they're always standing no. 5 yards 10 yards out for the ruck so when the Limerick lad does win the ruck turn around pop pass, pass back yeah. and then they're around the then Burns would, would cross field the ball over to Aaron Galan and then the yeah. whole middle turn is you're after packing my bodies is after going it's going to buy because the ball has gone into the full forward you know, you know, yeah it's mad it's like, and, and the striking is so good and they're avoiding the mess yeah yeah, yeah. well let's yeah. think I, I, here's a question I want to throw to two of you because you mentioned Montgomery and I'm, I I watched Montgomery on a couple of times leave Kyle Hayes and pick Keane Lynch up for example because Tyke DeBurka wanted to drop or whoever uh, whoever um Waterford wanted to drop back in the sweeper. JJ, is it a waste of time playing a sweeper against Limerick? And because you have Gillan and Flanagan and they stand, they're standing on the edge of the small box and they're breaking out to the wings. Now, I know from a sweeper in Gaelic football where he'll stand in the middle and he'd love the ball to be put out into those corners because in Gaelic football, you can't score from out there. So the sweeper is doing his job. He's sending those passes, you know, wide and then they can get bodies back because you're not going to swing one over from the sideline. But in hurling, when you can have Galan and Flanagan and these lads able to score from the sideline, what is the point in having the sweeper? What's he doing? All he's doing is making one of your forwards pick up his man, and then you have Kyle Hayes free. Do you know what I mean, JJ? Like, I mean, especially against Limerick, yeah. and they never they never waste the ball, and they put all their corner they put all their passes diagonally into the corner, and it, and it, they're not too bothered about going for goals unless it's it's blatantly on. What's the sweeper actually really doing? I know, but you, I, I know what you're saying regarding the sweeper stops the ball coming down to the middle of the goal. But you, you're forcing the Limerick forwards out to the sideline. As a back, that's all you can do. If you don't have the ball in your hands, you're trying to make it as, as hard as possible for the Limerick forwards to actually score. But like Conor Bronte had, I thought he had a good game yesterday. Now, to be honest with you, the the ball has come in top. Now he. he he broke even on 50-50 balls, but a couple of balls were just bouncing in the front there for Aaron Galan and he's getting in over the bar. But the ones you have over the sideline, the, the sweeper will stop that in front of the goal and probably stop that goal threat as well, to be honest with you, because if the ball is bouncing in front of the full forward, he's just turning and taking on the full back, he's straight through on goal. But like if you're shooting from out in the sideline, you're not always going to score them on. As Kim said previously, when them ball went over the bar, you're kind of saying, look, as a team looking at that, you're again playing against that. You're under pressure, you know. When the ball is, they're shooting from the end line off the back foot, and to get that actually hit it over the barrier, you're not always going to score that one. But when they yeah. do go over, you know the team is is on form, you know. And I suppose the the, the sweeper and deep line centre back with, with Tyler Burke usually plays is 
he stopped in that goal set and stopping the ball, bouncing in front of the full forward line. As a defender, it's a nightmare because with Aaron Galan, he's so good in the air, you have to clean it. You play from behind because if he slips in behind you like he did against Ron Lamar, you, you catch the ball over your head and you straight through on goal as well. So you nearly have yeah. to kind of play the presentious by, by going from behind. And with Tidy Burke sitting in front of you, that, he'll stop that ball bouncing. But if he goes out to the sideline, look, you're trying to put as much pressure as you can on him in, in getting the shot off. But sometimes as, as a defender, some attackers get the ball hit over the bar. You have to say, cheers, that was a great score. Not much else can do on yeah. it. You know, the kind of way you're depending on people outside of the field putting pressure on the lads striking the ball. And that's what we're saying about the half-backs. They had time to plant their feet, stand, look up the field and hit it into an area that Aaron Glenn is running into and it's bouncing in front of him. It's not really much to do about it then, to be fair. Yeah. No, that, but that's, that's what I think. You're, you're probably wasting your time playing the sweeper against them. Like I, I think when teams are playing the sweeper against them, they're rubbing their hands because it's given that freedom to their strikers. To, and I think, I always think Glenn and James Flanagan rather that ball on the wing because they're after getting so many scores over the last couple of years of doing the exact same thing. It's, it's second nature to them. Like, even we're, we're saying that point is unbelievable. I guarantee you, Galan's an enemy night training because it looks so natural and so easy to them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think you're, you're, you're obviously, you're, you're trying to nullify a goal threat. But Limerick don't need goals because there's so much play going into certain areas that are getting scores. They have the bodies out there. They have extra body out there, extra two bodies out there. It doesn't matter. They they just pick off the points, you know. So it's like in our own club game here in Watford, you're playing Ballygunner and every team plays the sweeper against Ballygunner. Ballygunner, it doesn't matter. The sweeper's avoided. You have Desi Hutchinson, you have Peter Hogan and two men for forward like, like Limerick and the ball just goes to the side of the sweeper, the lads will pick off points, they get one goal, the game is over. So at times you're, you're wasting your time playing the sweeper against the teams that have to master us that well. But I, I, I know what JJ is saying, you're trying to stop a goal but when, when they're picking up so many scores and they've so many strikers, that's the difference with this team. The other teams, they've so many score getters, lads. It's it's incredible, you know. Uh, and even yeah. Darren Donovan uh, O'Donnell, who doesn't ha- don't have to go for scores, they're, they're pure link men. Now they can score, but they're just getting a ball passing to probably yeah, probably six scorers there, and that's not including Glenn and Flanagan. Six scores in the middle area, three half backs uh, and the three half forwards, which is which is mad. It is the, is the and the, the flip the other flip side of it, JG, is if you play the sweeper and you're bringing back forwards to you know pick up the centre back the set Key and Lynch whatever, and he had the freedom of the park with all these changeovers. You know yourself, it can get a bit confu- yeah. confusing. Like and and then on the flip side of it, say if the sweeper does win the ball, now he looks up and there's a sweeper on the other end who's you know yeah. whose man had to do it a bit. Of, so your options are actually limited when you look up into Desi Hutchinson and you're not as good as Limerick at giving those deliveries in. So you're not stopping Limerick and you're actually stopping yourself. Do you get me? When, you, when you're going, trying to play the sweeper. You're going to have to play 16 players against Limerick now. You need the bodies in in the middle third but then you need the bodies up in the full volley when you're scoring you're not, you know, there's no point getting the ball up there and you're hitting it down to Barry Nash and, and Sean Finn and then you're just resetting and coming at you again you know it's you're kind of firefighting as much as you're going to have to dirty goal man to man and kind of um, kind of back your players to go do it you know and I suppose you go back to the Munster final it was a full forward that's done all the damage really against um, against Walford in, in Peter Casey and, and Graham Mulcahy and looks Graham McCarty didn't score and, and Kleveski man he didn't score but then Tom Mercy got, got five points and Garrett Hedrick got seven points you know what I mean and Seamus Sanigan only came on and got a point yeah. in the Munster final and he got about three or four points as well so you're mm-hmm. kind of you're okay for one thing but it's six guys you have to look after whereas 
Watford or Limerick against Watford are probably looking to race. We'll hand to Stephen Bennett now and Austin Gleeson. Look, special mention for Austin Gleeson. Well, I thought he was absolutely brilliant yesterday now, to be fair. And the hit he was given and taken was, was phenomenal. He kept on going and, and he brought on his form from the, the semi-final as well. I'm delighted to see him. He had a big, big game and when needs most now for, for Watford as well, to be fair to him. But if you would stop the two of them, as a Limerick point of view, we're kind of saying, right, we'll, we'll handle the rest of them. But the Limerick lads said there's the six score forwards and then like Peter Case and Pat Ryan leave that to come in there as well so it's, it's, it's changes all over the place like, it's a huge threat yeah it's a huge threat John Kiley said after the game and I think he's talking about like the extra man they had back there he was saying we were resolute in defence and we always had somebody back there that was going to cut it out hold it up like I mean hold it up is always the good one and I think Limerick uh, borrow a lot of their tactics and game plans from Gaelic football because we know tactical fouling is in Gaelic football a long time now so say if you lose a you know you lose a ball and there's a bit of a break on yeah. Limerick have no problem fouling in that situation Ken like I mean they, they, they've no problem doing that tap Stephen Bennett but like a lot of teams against them don't score much from play but score a lot of frees like it, there is there is a bit of a trend developing yeah, they are. They are. I suppose. Look, they're obviously working on it. Uh, they, they probably feel look. They, they can stop the, the, the run or stop the, the track as fast as they can in, a, in an area that might not hurt them as much, you know. And they're doing it, and, and they are doing it. Uh, there's no black card in hurling. That's the way it is. Like you know, uh, they're, they're such big men. They're, they're using their bodies, using them very hard. Uh, a lot of over over the shoulder stuff with the arms. They're always getting the second hand in. But look, I, I'd, have, I'd have no problem with what they're doing because. Look, it's it's still that's where the game is, and that's what's suiting Limerick. It's other teams have come up with something to, like you're getting score frees. If you're get if you're getting that ball in enough danger areas, you will get enough frees, and that's where it'll change again. Then, John you know coming from like a base back yeah. in the way crazy on the frees, you're tipping away the goal, you're getting a couple of points in play. Then they're saying, right lads, we're giving away too many frees. Let's 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 bring it back in a small bit. You're 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 leaving ourselves too open. We're keeping teams in it that maybe shouldn't be in it, you know, but. They are. They play on the edge. They play to the very limit. Uh, I wouldn't think they're a dirty team at all. I think they're basically a very strong team. Now, the best teams are always fairly play on the edge when it comes to being cynical, whatever. You you, you really have to be at this level. Yeah. If 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 a foul is on, a foul is on. That's the way it is. That's the way I saw it, and that's the way I see it. Uh, but still, they're they're so capable of mixing any style of game that wants to be played, and that's probably the key for them. They can be physical. They can hold. They can run you. They can do anything they want, you know. And that's where they have so many different probably facets of that game which makes them so hard to beat, you know. Um, yeah. and, and and that's where the problem is. They, they they can mix it any way you want, which is, um, it must be unreal for John Coyley knowing that he can send them out a certain way and they do it. Uh, but their, their, their attention to giving that ball and attention to detail on the ball is so good. Like there's fellas passing the ball five yards away with a, with a defender on their back knowing that he's going to grab that ball give it a little pop pass like it's alien to what we grew up doing or what we done when we were playing but these guys are so comfortable in doing it it's, at times it looks unreal doesn't it like even like Kyle, the Kyle Hayes uh, the, the flowing move there yeah. the goal. it looked unreal to watch like some of the scores they're getting with a pop pass Tom Morrissey around the shoulder hand pass over to Hegarty you saw that in the second half yeah. class stuff like really just intricate kind of passing that are so comfortable in doing it. To me, they're, they're a brilliant team to watch, you know? I, I think so too, um, JJ. And I see people, t- like there's a perception out there that they're boring to watch. Like, is that traditionalists getting pissed off at a short game? I find them brilliant to watch. I, I don't, but I'm not a hurling person, so... Yeah, no, no, I, I, I'd fully agree. I'd, I'd, I'd rather watch um, Limerick playing and, and um, 
play watch a team now with a sweeper some of them work up the field they don't they kind of falter back they, they defend as a team they attack as a team there as well but when they get the ball it's a hand pass now into the, the, the right person uh, right person in, in the space he always gets the ball you know what I mean so their first instinct is hand pass out get into space and then deliver the ball you know what I mean they, they never panic under, under um in any situation which is great and I'd say I'd love to have a look at their, their training and um, see what kind of drills they do now Canuck is supposed yeah. to be absolutely unbelievable what he does you know what I mean but I, they're just so well drilled and I'd say a second in their training is never never wasted either you know but just going back to your point there you're saying about the tactical sound I mean I think it's very very good and you can't underestimate a foul compared to if you're marking a man and he scores the forwards are all the conference players there as well and if you I'd rather give a foul away and let someone, a free taker score a point then actually get your man take you on beat you and hit it over the bar and if you foul him you're number one you're taking away the confidence of him getting that score and you're frustrating him as well if you're frustrating him when he gets the ball the next time he might make the wrong decision because he wants to get on that scoreboard as well like, you know what I mean so well, you can't underestimate what they do as well in regard to giving away free fair enough the free yeah. taker has a bit of confidence hitting the ball over the bar but but actually, attacker score from play is a lot, a huge confidence boost for any forward. And the the, the more into the game that you can keep your forward off the scoreboard, the more kind of um, anxious he is to get on the ball, on the ball, and make the wrong decisions. He might go as an individual rather than actually going for the the team. The best thing is for the team. He might go for the best thing for the individual too. So another point that that, that you make for this this limited team is well, the tactical foul and it's working to three for them. You know. Yeah, no, it, def- it definitely seems to be. We'll just finish up on this point, Ken. And this was, obviously, you were delighted at half time, But then Limerick scored four in a row at the start of the second half, you know, which fairly would have deflated Waterford. But I had down in my notes here, Waterford had plenty of possession, you know, during that time. They were just hitting in. Montgomery and, and Hutchinson were the two men inside at that stage. I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe they were too under too much pressure at the field. There always seemed to be a Limerick man, you know, up behind them and knocking it away, whereas Limerick are getting ball into space. You know, and I, I don't know if it's that Hutchinson and Montgomery can't win the same ball as Galan and Flanagan, or is just an element of that quality of ball not not being as good. Yeah, the quality ball probably wasn't as good because obviously they're a bit more pressure out in the middle of the middle middle yeah. of the field, you know. Uh, but Hutchinson, I thought, showed well, showed well yesterday. I thought he, he tried his best, you know. But as you said, there was always a limit man just a metre or two away to get a touch in, and the next man has it, the free man has it. Nash won some ball yesterday from. Uh, like Sean Finn, Dan Morrissey tapping that ball down, but yeah, we, we we had a lot of possession, but we never really threatened. Uh, we never got a flow. We never really got a flow into our into our game. No. We never got momentum like we did against Kilkenny. Uh, Kenny. Like we're a mad kind of a team. Watford have, have always kind of based on momentum nearly, and that I suppose when Ben got that goal in the second half against the Kenny, we kind of came in waves. We never got an old run. To get it, even a go in, in in one wave, even you know, I'm coming from to get it. Yeah, get a couple but do, of do, on the do, board. Yeah, I thought that the Austin Gleeson point just before half time off his left side from the corner that was a good move. That was probably the only yeah. move for to put it in nice to Hutchinson. He hand hand passed it off to Gleeson, and I was thinking, was. geez, maybe that might spark Waterford. Yeah, I thought so. Now, if if if, if you look at uh, Desi, I think miscontrolled that for the first second. There was a chance of a goal on there. Austin was 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 just nearly gone past him by the time he gave it to him. If he had given that just just before that, I think he missed control. He rose again, gave it then. There was definitely a goal on because I know uh, knowing Austin, there was definitely a goal on there. He would have gone for it. You know that we, that we needed. It. Though I thought Austin was, was was probably our best player yesterday. He probably banished uh, personally. Probably banished 2017 final. Uh, he wasn't great that day, but he kept going yesterday. He got three points in play aside, but we didn't have enough. 
uh, good performances yesterday, you know. But that that was actually a good play, uh, a lovely ball in the Daisy. But he miscontrolled that ball the very first when he came into him, and the chance was nearly half lost. And he was probably nearly too close to goal uh, to the sideline when he went, or to the end line when he went for the point, you know. But it was a nice slow move, but we didn't have enough flow and so we didn't have enough space, you know. Uh, and that probably look, that's all coming from Limerick's work rate, how how hard they tackle out in that middle area, the amount of bodies out there. But we just didn't have enough probably composure on it or enough flow to our game to get us really excited or into the game, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, lads, we'll leave the analysis there. We'll come back with performance of the weekend. All right, performance of the weekend, lads. So Garold Hegarty got um, man of the match, um, seven from play, freaky stuff, um, I suppose, JJ. And I don't know, like, I mean, there's nothing this fella can't do. He has the, the silky st- skills of a Shane Conway, only he's a giant. He can win pokeouts. He's got divilment in him. He works like a dog. He pops up in space. He's supposed to be being man-marked, yet when he gets passes, he's completely free. It's like he's a six-foot-six elusive giant. I don't know how to fault this fella. And, 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 and one other thing he's brilliant at as well, and I know Austin Gleeson and Joe Cannon get get great uh, compliments out their sidelines. He takes sidelines in a different way. He takes them like a like a, a, a golf shot where he's just whacking them along the ground to a lad and never gives them away either. Yeah, so he's too tall. He can't bend over. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable all season, really. And you're probably going to the stage that you're going to have to just kind of um, not hold any ball yourself and just kind of go man mark him and try and spoil him as much as you can. Now, to be fair, Kilmeade, he tracked him in in the Munster final and he got a couple of scores in, in the first half. He got two in the first half. But at the near the end, look, he got a couple of scores after half time. But I think Kilmeade was trying to attack the ball for the, at that stage, you know. And I think, especially against the Limerick team, you're going to have to get on top of it earlier on. If you, if you let Limerick get a lead, they're not going to kind of link with that lead there either, to be fair. And uh, Kilmeade said he had from Carson to win now in the last 15, 20 minutes and went forward. And, and that's where Garrow kind of picked off a couple of scores there again. But yeah. he was just, he's just unbelievable. He's just drifting around the field, taking hits, giving hits. He's never that. As a manager, you want that on your. You can give it to him low, you can give it to him high, he can win the ball, dirty ball, but it doesn't make a difference what ball he gets. He just slap it over the bar. It makes it look so easy. Nonchalant, he just hits it over the yeah. bar to the left or the right. From the sideline, 65 yards out, 20 yards out, doesn't make a difference to him, you know. Is he unique the way he strikes a Ken? The way it's all in the wrist, like he flicks the hurl up. Is I don't know. I don't know how to describe mm. it because I've never done it. Yeah. He just looks like he's hitting it in a different way. Yeah, look, he's he's a phenomenal player. Look, to be honest, yeah, when he came on the scene first, you would say like, "Oh, you'd think this fella definitely there's a there's potential there." Uh, he's a bit raw, uh, but I think his hurlings after him have proven unbelievable over the last few years. Remember, 2018 Ireland finally he tapped the ball off the ground, caught it, put it over the bar. You're kind of going, "That's not Ireland finally." He's only young, young fella. Uh, but look, what he the range of his points said. Uh, his running, how strong he is, how how brave he is, and how hard he is in the tackle. He'd be a nightmare to market. And as Jay just said, I think your only option on him is just go just pull and drag him and, and try and try and suffocate him the best you can. But I'd say he'd probably enjoy that as well. You know, <laughs> he'd grab you one hand and throw you to the ground. I said this one, like, he's, he's he's unbelievable. Uh, like some of the scores he's getting from 70, 80 yards out with shortening the hurley and tapping it over the bar and just straight back out again the long stride on him like it's it, it definitely the, the, the modern player like the, 
but he's he's probably sums up Limerick, I suppose, what he's doing, the confidence in him, um, his range of what he's able to do. As you said, JJ, low, high, whatever you want, he he takes the do it. And I heard him talking last night. He seems like grand, a grand fella. Yeah. He's full of confidence, and that's that's what you want. Uh, like if you're Limerick, you're you're rubbing your hands saying, "We've this fella playing at this level." Like he's so consistent over the last couple of years as well. You, you, you could get unbelievable three or four years out of this fella, uh, and like he'll go down as if he keeps going as, as a great, and he will because he's after revolutionising certain areas of the pitch. Because where does he play? He plays wing forward. He pops up everywhere. And how do you mark him? Like I said, I paused that Teddy last night. Where, where, who's on him? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> you know. You said he's picking up points, and it could be on his own 30, 40 hours. You're kind of going. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how he's doing it, but uh, he's producing some performances, you know. Uh, you're not alone, Ken. I've often paused the television, scratching my head, going, what the hell? Who's <laughs> <laughs> meant to be marking yeah, Do I know the game? Do I know? The, I'd be paused. <laughs> do I know the game anymore? What's the game? I was I was, at the game with a ring, a perfect view of, in the whole stadium, and I was scratching my head, going, who's on him? But like, I mean, it, it's, I don't know how he's able to do Arg- Arguably... Tom Morrissey was the man of the match. Like, Garod Hegarty is player of the year. I don't think there's ever been a more, uh, you know, a bigger shoe in yeah. JJ. But Tom yeah. Morrissey got five from play. He got the very first point, very last point. Got the very first point against Galway in the very last point. He had five assists where he's given, three of them were to Garod Hegarty, where he's given yeah. the last yeah. ball. He's also catching puck outs. He's also working like a dog. He's built like yeah, a tank. I mean, like, I mean, it's incredible. Like, you would make an argument say Tom Morrissey probably shaded the man of the match yesterday. Yeah, and look, you're, we're probably talking about tactics and systems where Limerick play, you know what I mean? And you're going out marking the guy, you're waiting, waiting for him to make his 20 or 30 yard run. But Tom Morrissey just sat beside um, Kevin Moore and caught the ball over him and hit the ball over the left hand side. And he said, Right, Jesus Christ, what kind of afternoon we're going to have to have now, you know? He can just win it anyway, you know what I mean? You're talking, just, you're kind of a bit old school there as well, but they can do it every way, you know? And the two lads, now I said, Tom Morrissey won a couple of hard balls there as well. and popped him off to Garrod Hegarty who got the score but like, again that's the Limerick kind of mentality the best man in the best position will we'll always get the ball it's not about an individual it's about a team but um, yeah I think Tom Murphy especially in, in against Galway when Aaron Galan was often as well he stood over the freeze and he came up to the four really in the last five ten minutes as well but um, again he's just improving year in year out as well and it's scary where, where these guys are going you know and you're looking yeah. at Tom Morrissey, Garrod Hegarty, you're kind of saying, "Just thank God I'm retired. They weren't around when I was around." But they don't miss that. Like his accuracy is. If, if they have a wide, you're kind of shocked, you know. So like, it's yeah. mad. And that could be underneath the stand and three fellas on him. Uh, their accuracy is incredible. But but JJ, you know, from playing, uh, their striking is unreal, isn't it? Their striking is yeah. so crisp yeah. and so sweet every time under pressure on the run. It's it's yeah. unreal. Uh, they never never miss a hit of ball, like, and that's like that's a fair skill in itself, you know, when under pressure. But yeah. it's not even it don't even come in to play with these fellas, you know. Now, the Tom Morrissey's a wing forward, right? And the point he got from the forty-five off his back foot behind him, like that's Owen Kelly corner forward kind of brilliance, JJ. Yeah. Like this isn't yeah. wing. This isn't yeah. what wing forwards are meant to be doing. Kind of hybrid of, a, of an old school corner forward and the wing forward <laughs> all together yeah. in one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Perfect storm for him, really, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? But yeah, he can do it all, and it's, uh, it's just the biggest kind of insult to injury, really, I suppose, is catching the ball over your head and slapping it over the bar, you know what I mean? I Ever for a half back for something like that to happen, and then goes on and just takes over the whole field, you know? I probably had a point to prove now as well against the Munster final, Ken Moore got the better of him, to be fair to him, you know, he didn't score that figure day, so. 
he had the, the bit between his teeth and they had a conference going from the semi-final as well like you know what I mean but first of all Kevin he was on the, the back last night it yesterday as well to be fair but I don't suppose it make a difference who was marking him he was just on, on song you know and just the conference going through the whole team as well it's just phenomenal like you know Yeah he definitely was I mentioned Owen Kelly uh, Ken and I did a tribute show with him during the lockdown I did one with JJ as well and I said where did you learn to do the one off the back foot I said that, I'd never seen that before before you'd seen he says I, I saw Ken McGrath doing it so I just started practicing it <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, back then you could try it you could try it and I just love, I, just like, I enjoyed that myself but I didn't master as much as Owen Kelly ended up master JJ was unbelievable at doing it uh, uh, to me Owen Kelly was a JJ Teddy as well he's some stick man what's me like he was unbelievable he's brilliant, uh, brilliant uh, yeah, he's a yeah, tiny yeah, tiny bit of space now I mean back in the day when you're corner back and he's on him so much like a, like a Jackie Tyrrell or Ollie Canning who would be so tight on you and uh, Kelly make that space and put it over but yeah look at say uh, I thought that was a brilliant point in Tom Morrissey I, I loved watching that now, that's like back in the old days you know because them points a lot of lads aren't going for them anymore because it's like a wasted opportunity you know but like yeah. it was um, it, the, the defender was on him and it was a great great point you know uh, but look all his striking like he's he got a point in the second half tapped down over, over on the left hand side just over the bar you know and it's like straight back to position again that's what they're doing there's no nonsense just straight back to the position and get on with the game again it's uh, it's crazy yeah straight back Hurley's up that's their thing Hurley's up yeah, to yeah, con- yeah. concentrate on, on the next puck out like I mean that's what you're one of, uh, we, we've mentioned Aaron Gallan and Kyle Hayes already let's want to mention them but I have to give yeah. Seamus Flanagan a shout out here uh, JJ uh, anyone who listens to this show the last three years know I love Seamus Flanagan as a player um, <laughs> I, I couldn't understand how he wasn't making the team he scored three points yeah. from play yesterday but two of them first one was one from the sideline where he stuck the fists up and celebrated and I love lads that do that you know after a good point not after winning a free and then at the start of the second half Limerick scored four in a row and Flanagan was the one that got two of them like he getting those three points he got were arguably three of the most important points that were scored yesterday like I mean and he showed that he has wrists like some people would say that he's only there you know for his physicality and stuff I think he has everything as well yeah, great. Even you know, the second half, then and he got that couple of points, and he done three or four, done for the three or four. Facebook, Celebrated them too. You were yeah. you were smiling down at him. What do you say, looking at him? But, yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking of Ken McGrath. <laughs> <laughs> but look, he was unbelievable again. You know what I mean? It, it just shows. And look, you have to attribute John Kelly here as well. The, the hunger he has in these guys as well. And, and Peter Casey came on the semi final. got two or three points. Didn't start, but back on again. He came on there yesterday again. Worked very hard as well. And Within a couple of minutes, he was involved in three or four different players for Liberty as well. So, just to John Kelly to keep these guys, like, it's very easy for Shane Flanagan to give out saying, I should be on this and cause a bit of war in training or whatever it is. Like, you know what I mean? But he doesn't. He keeps the head down and says, Work. And that's coming from the top down. That's coming from John Kelly as well. It keeps everyone kind of under toes and keeps them hungry as well. And looks that if you have an issue with me, I'll play it in and then show me, show me you, you should deserve to be on this team. And he did do that in fairness. I mean, in the, the final there yesterday as well like you know so again another string to their bow in the attack as well so it's just phenomenal what they have it's phenomenal What do you think of Flanagan Ken? Yeah I would rate him you know I, I've definitely rate him I, I'm surprised over the last couple of years he, he wasn't fully in there uh, but look obviously he, he has himself right this year I, I think he offers something different again he's you said he's a big, strong man again. I like him all. Like, there's none of them. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's hurling. Like you said, I, I wouldn't underestimate his hurling and his skill level. He tapped the ball down. Uh, it was a bit of a high pass. He tapped it down during, uh, under the, to Hogan's stand in the second half. He was, he was going to the first point in the second half. And a brilliant strike off the left hand. 
Uh, I think it was something the 65 metres out, like it was on the, like some of the points they got, they're nearly all morphing to one because they're nearly all are such good strikers that they're nearly going the same height over the bar. It's hard to really distinguish between Flanagan and, and Morrissey at times on the left hand, you know, but I, I would definitely rate him and he definitely offers something different to Limerick. And, but then you have Peter Casey to come on then as well and you're kind of going, right, he's different, he's fast and he's even two or three frees and he came on and He's so buzzing around the place there as well. So look, there, there's so many options, but I'd I, I, I rate Flanagan very, very highly. And I, I said, I love I love lads showing a bit of emotion. That's what you play for. That's what you want. Uh, everyone can't be the same, you know. And to see the, the bit of few fist pumps whatever he's done and, and, and celebrate a point, that's great. That's what you want, you know. Yeah. How do we like all these lads so much, lads? They're going to dominate hurling for the next five years, and we're all we we like all of them. It might not. We might not like oh, them all in five years' here. time. No, we like him now. We yeah. like the Kenny. We like the Kenny starting off. Again, we also. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look, like we're, obviously we're, we're sick. We're sick and more, but we're sick because that's put in such a year for us and brought us back up to that level, and we're so proud of. But you'd have to have admiration for him. Like, and that's just, as a Harlem man, you'd have to be admiration for him. Just me, father, in fact, you'd have to have admiration for him. You know. So, uh, but look, it's, it's hats off to him. You know. Ken, I'll let you go. I won't have the father beeping, beeping the, beeping the horn. Thanks very much, Ken. Yeah, I have, I have, I have on the, you have me on the, on the clock here. But, uh, okay, lads, no problem. Talk Enjoy, you, Ken. Ken bye. Yeah, we can't let, uh, we can't let Ken miss the few points with the father anyway, JJ. He, that was, a, that was very important to, 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 to not, not to miss that lift, or he could be stuck in the house. For no, the no, Here, no. I, Ken, <laughs> I, was, I was going to throw the Austin Gleeson. He's the only one really I thought on the water side, unless you can. I mean, Stephen O'Keefe, obviously, who made the great saves to puck out, maybe going into areas where they were losing and might be a bit of a, you know, a, a dampener yeah. on his performance. But Gleeson really did stand up and was counted. And like, I mean, I was delighted to see it. I suppose. And uh, based off his semi-final and final performance, there's a load for him to work on, considering we're nearly in next year's season already. Yeah, look, and first kind of few minutes, it was kind of look around and Austin didn't get on the ball. And first probably 18 minutes, he's where Austin playing. I had to look around from there as well. I could see him there. Then I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't kind of pass him by, you know what I mean? But since the, whenever he got the ball in his hand after that, then he was, look, he's probably one more for guy who was leading the charge. Um, he was getting punishment, but he was giving out punishment as well. He he kind of stood up to Kyle Hayes, coming out with a, with a couple of balls, hitting a couple of tough shots. You could hear the, the thunder in the two lads kind of hitting, but look, the two of them got on, but there's no issue regarding that. But he had a couple of great scores in the first half there as well. And look, he tried very, very hard. To be fair to him, I thought he was the best Waterford player on on the, on the field as well, to be fair. You could say that um, he definitely broke even at least, you know, that kind of way in, in regard to the positions he was playing. And he wasn't just in the 40s, ring 40s, full forwards, corner 40s, up in the field at a certain particular time there as well. So he ran himself into the ground, but he has himself in great shape there as well. And that was put well for Watford in, in, in next year's championship as well. Like, you know what I mean? He kind of slow to get going throughout the championship, but he brought the work rate to it. And fairly in Cal, took him, whipped him off in a couple of them, but the last couple of games he was probably Watford's up with Stephen Bender probably the most important player for Watford so it's a huge thing for your most handed player and he's turned up in the big day as well which is a huge thing for Watford going forward as well so he'll take great confidence from that as well to be fair he will and as I know Liam Cal's talking about they need more strength and conditioning and stuff but you're not going to put much more strength and conditioning in Jack Prendergast and Daryl Lyons do you know and a lot of the kind of small yeah. players Waterford the Waterford need another three or four players with Austin Gleeson's physique you know they can get stuck in you know and there's too many Jamie, you know, I, I'm not criticising any lads for the size Jamie Barron's small you know Conor Gleeson who come yeah. on would be small you know like I mean they're, they're, they're nearly too many of that physique and against Limerick you're just eating alive 
Yeah, the problem is Limerick have it every way. You know, kind of way on your probably every team is going to be able to get Limerick now because they're actually winning the thing. You know, and probably two two Allerns in, in three years there as well. But but not every county team has. They might have the size size of players, but they wouldn't have the hurling that these Limerick guys have too. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know, you play the casual Belfort as well. To be fair, and and uh, yeah, but uh, more mind you, probably you kind of have to be realistic. At the start of the year, you probably wouldn't have predicted more from an in the final. So. They, I know it's hurting out the moment and can say, look, they're in bits here down in Waterford at the moment. But in a couple of weeks, you're going to have to evaluate what year they had. And they're after having a phenomenal year, made absolutely massive strides forward there as well as a county and as a team as well. And you just have to build on that then again for next year. Like you're talking about Neil Montgomery and Darrell Lyons, all these lads probably well known within the Waterford County set up, but probably throughout the country didn't really know them. But everyone knows them now at the moment as well. So huge size fob for this and huge positive for the Waterford team there as well family and Cal to work on too so as I said yeah it is hurting now at the moment but they did make an Ireland final and they were competitive in it to be fair to them but just made, a, a, made an awesome Limerick team and coming up to them they said if they hit top strides which they did the no team in the country would have lived with them you know and unfortunately they were on the receiving end of it that's it, and I suppose the, the next year they might have uh, Porrick Mahoney. He could coax Philip Mahoney potentially. Shane Shane Bennett. Shane Bennett, back, yeah. You know, yeah, which would be important ones maybe to bring them up that 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 extra level. You're the question now, Willie, after getting to the other final. You know, the kind of way that when you come back, you know, you know maybe you just say like we'll, we'll go with what we have. You know, the kind of way. So great position for for Lean to be in now. I'd say. Like so if anyone that dropped off will be have to go on and ask a name. I wouldn't say Liam it's hard to tell it to go back and ask the lads if he go back there or not, you know what I mean? So great place for him to be in to be fair. Yeah, they'll be ringing him is pretty much what you're saying. Yeah. Right? It didn't matter him exactly. ringing them. They should be, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they probably will. Yeah, I think uh, performance the weekend, I'm gonna go for Tom Morrissey just to change it up because a couple of those couple of points and all his all round work and all the points that he set up, Grod Hegarty, obviously he'll he'll uh, he he can be happy enough with his player of the year, JJ. <laughs> so I don't think he'll have, he'll have too many complaints. Yeah, so Tom Morrissey. Tom Morrissey, like I mean, he's he. I look to listen, and I hear Shane Dowling last night saying on the on the Sunday game that Tom Morrissey used to be taken off a lot at underage level. Just shows the work he's done since then. Like he seems like he yeah. he, he strikes me as the type of fella who's just a total professional of the team. Probably doesn't drink an awful lot, and is just completely you know dedicated to the cause. I could have that completely mm-hmm. wrong, <laughs> but that's, yeah. what he, that's kind of what he, that's. Lyric might tell you differently. <laughs> <laughs> he could, all right. Right, JJ, that's it. A weird year. Um, Limerick champions again, and we're close enough to the league starting next year, at the end of February. Sure, we'll leave it there. I might do a show on Thursday, depending on how many Limerick fellas I can grab hold of uh, during the week. I didn't really want to be annoying them today. Um, yeah. So we'll see, and there was enough to be talking about. So we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks very much, JJ, and sure, we'll talk um, probably when the league starts in February. So we'll see you all then. Good luck. <laughs> And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today. Because like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.